ladies and gentlemen, the commercials. This is a little something called... We didn't prepare an open. Told Dave to prepare an open, but I realized it was what I was supposed to do. I told Ken to get an open, but then I realized he wouldn't do that. That being the part of the song that's weird, cause it doesn't seem to fit. Oranges. Or potato salad. Or that guy who lives down the block who sells weird stuff out of his garage. Or Jimmy Dean's sausages. Or the collective people of Illinois. Or potato salad. Twice. <laughs> Coming to you from Studio 6C on the mean streets of Brooklyn, New York. This is the Commercials Free Podcast on www.thecommercials.tv as well as the magic of iTunes. My name is Dave K. Koenig. <laughs> and this is Ken Pond. How you doing, Ken? Good, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm great. We got a great show coming up. We have a very special guest, guy who uh, you may Tell know from The Onion, a very good author and funny, funny man. Joe Garden is going to be joining us to talk about his new book. His old books, The Onion, and everything else involved with comedy. And then what else is great about his book? What's, what's, what awesome thing is going to happen with his book? Oh, well, also, we're going to be giving away a copy of Joe Garden's new book, the, something he had a hand in. But not just a book. Not just a book. A synod book. A uh, signed book. That's correct. A, a signed copy of the new Vampire's Handbook, a guide for the recently turned creature of the night. Uh... It's uh, said to have been written by the vampire Miles Proctor, but Joe Garden's going to tell us who really wrote it. Right. But we're also going to tell you how you can have a free copy, a, a, a gift copy, a signed copy of that new vampire's handbook coming up later in the show. We're not right. going to give away the details yet. Oh. Not going to tell you how well, wait, to... should I not have brought it up at all? No, no, no. It's good. Do you have a grand because plan for that? Because in the business, we yeah. call that a tease. Oh. You call that a tease, and you give them a little spice in the beginning, and they're like, mm, this is kind of tasty, but you hold back the cake. Much like television episodes where they give you a little bit, and then they'll go into the thing, the meat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. And that, you know or, or like when they say on the news, something in your food may be killing you. News at 11. We, yeah, exactly. News at 11. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, hey, put down that cookie, it could be killing you. Right. Well, you know what's crazy about that is when they say, you know, when they say the news at 11 thing, when you're watching something else, mm-hmm. they're so cheap about it because they're like, you know, snow for the next week straight at 11. Right. And right. like you watch it and it takes them fucking. 12 hours to get to the story yeah. they teased you about. It's, exactly. it's not the first thing they talk about. No. They hide it somewhere in there. And you know what? What? It works. 
It does. It does work. That's why yeah, we're I'm a not sucker every single time. You are time a sucker every single. I've yeah. seen it happen. Yeah, and uh, that's why we're not telling you the details of how you can win a free copy, a signed copy, no less, of the new Vampire's Handbook. That's right. Until uh, later on in the show, because we are like news people. We are like news people, and let me just tell you something. Mm-hmm. Something you're not aware of could be negative for you. That's true. Or positive, Dave. Something you might be. I'm not going to tell you till later. But something you're doing right now it is going to end your life. But you know, you know what? I'll tell you tomorrow. You know what? I, I'm not even worrying about it, and I'll tell you exactly why. A new article was uh, just came out recently. Yeah. Uh, I learned about it through the Huffington Post, our good friends at the Huffington Post, who mm-hmm. who feature among other people Liz Winstead. Let, we are on a very close yes. Uh, we love basis our Liz with. Winstead. Yeah. Uh, apparently, a doctor is presenting the theory that death does not exist. Okay. And yeah. how is he managing that? Well, here, no, here's the foundation of his argument. Okay. Uh, energy exists in the world. I think we're all pretty much together on that one. Energy can neither be created or destroyed. It just simply is there. Right. It That's moves. an old physics concept. Right, right. So it's, it's definitely You can physics. transfer it. Right. Just like they also are saying, too, matter can't be destroyed. It gets converted into energy. Right. But that energy can't be destroyed. Right. So there's a, a certain amount of energy in the world, and there's a certain energy, amount of energy in each of us. Mm-hmm. And the article equates it to, I think it's a 20-volt battery. You know, the amount of energy that's actually in our brains powering us as human beings. Okay. And, in fact, any creatures on Earth, although probably the voltage is, is less. Did you say 20 volts? We run on 20 volts? Well, that's the equation. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably not accurate, but it was just sort of like, here's, here's a little bit of a... Oh, you mean it was an analogy? An analogy, so. yes. That, that's okay. how much... You know, there's a certain amount of energy that runs us. And when we pass on, mm-hmm. we don't actually die. There is no death according to what we've always believed in, which is the, the, the end of the physical existence of your body and all that stuff the energy that runs you mm-hmm. will always continue there right. is no ending that yeah but you know let me be the counterpoint for that for a second sure go you, ahead you, bum you, us out yeah we, we're all gonna die and it's an empty nothingness of blackness but um when you get it like a really cool remote control car for christmas when you're uh-huh. a kid right yeah, yeah yeah and you love that freaking thing right and one day it breaks uh-huh. right uh-huh now when you take the batteries out of it, yeah, is it magically still there somehow? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, will when you take the batteries out, will will that same energy like somehow configure itself into the body of a remote control car? Not necessarily. Well, that I mean, this is this is obviously simplifying things dramatically, but uh, somehow, somewhere, the energy that was contained in that in that battery that ran that remote control car, mm-hmm. even though you took the battery out, the energy is, that has been transferred out of that battery into that car still is in existence somewhere. Now, okay. we pretty much have to understand that those batteries don't have feelings and a, you know awareness and all that good stuff. Okay. But we do. So the difference is now figuring out what happens to that energy once we've gone, and there are some people who... Uh, will postulate that there are alternate uh, 
alternate realities, uh-huh. alternate existences, because time is a human construct, and there is no real thing as time. We all uh-huh. exist in a certain, you know, linear. Uh, there is no linear time. We all exist in this, you know, state of being. Right. Well, time exists. It's just we perceive it a certain way. Right. Well, right. it's. I mean, it it is a purely man-made uh, concept. Yeah. So. Without those concepts that man creates, you know, where do we go at any given moment? Like, we are always, you know, everything is always and, and uh, always is everything and all that stuff. So it's a, it's, a, it's a scientific argument and it's a philosophical argument. But the one, con- well, one thing I drew from it, yeah, I cannot die. That's good. But, you know, Dave, as much as I know you don't want to die, I really would consider the fact that this is just not even a scientist or doctor. This is just someone smoking pot, you know? Well, just because he because was on the subway dude, doesn't I, mean he's not credible. <laughs> can't you just picture, like, three or four college students sitting around yeah. and s- taking a huge hit, hu- huge hits off this bong and being like, you know what I just figured, thought of man just now? All right, like, we're like energy, right? Uh-huh. And you know how in our physics 101 class, uh-huh. they say that energy can't be destroyed, man? What if, like, we just keep going, yeah? That's the whole idea. And, and as silly no, wait, as it hold seems. Hold on. I'm making fun <laughs> of the idea. Thank I'm, you I'm, for <clears throat> marrying my, my, my thing I was throwing at you. I'm you sorry. know what I mean? I'm it, sorry. You don't necessarily have to be a doctor. Or a, or have a PhD to come up with something ridiculous like that because there's no where are you going to find evidence that is, I mean I understand what you're saying and and there is certainly a, a, a great deal of um, uh, skepticism that that should be uh, taken into consideration when you when you think about something like this. However, there are people throughout history who have sort of laid the groundwork for this sort of thinking. I mean, guys like Einstein and his thoughts about time are are phenomenal and he, no one would consider him to be a, a stoner in a dorm room in Alabama. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a big difference between saying what you said at the top of the hour which was we don't die, we go into cuz energy. He's the one that correlated matter and energy together. Yeah. I mean that is very different than saying, you know, what if we don't die. No, it's not a what if. We it's just keep <clears throat> going on. Oh, all right, let's hear it. <clears throat> no, no, that's all I had to say. I just wanted to allude to the fact that there's something maybe musical in that. Einstein was, it's not like he was like, look, uh, you know, I could be wrong here, but he was like, look, this, 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 and this. These guys, you know, these kind of things come out all the time, and they're very, uh, what's the word? Mm, Deepak Chopra-esque, Deep, if you will. Okay, yes. Deepak Chopra-esque, Deepak where, it's Deepak like, Chopra. where it's like, let me make a religion out of stuff I make up. See, this is not... You know you know what it is, Dave? I'll tell you what. It is the Harry Potter of science, because anybody can write that drivel. Anyone could be like, okay, this is the story about a boy. He goes to a magical place called Hogwarts. Oh, boy. Now, there's Hogwarts, there's Snivelhorts, there's... <laughs> Cohorts, there's Dumbledorfs, there's, g- and the only way not to be eaten by the snake o Canatra <laughs> is to eat the leaf of a of a Debonese tree uh-huh. and wave a stick while also 
thing this magical. Look, I just wrote fucking seven Harry Potter movies. You know what? Which just one, now. I thought I just went into an alternate reality where I was sitting next to J.K. Rowling. That's how, that's how accurate you were just there. Now, you made me actually go and find the article. This is from Huffington Post. And it is... Um, you did uh, some very crazy vamping. Well, tell me... Go ahead and say your thing. Well, I don't want to cut you off. Go <clears> ahead. Go ahead. And do okay. This, this, this article says, Does death exist? New theory says no. And it, it, it lays it all out. It, it's, um, it, they, they talk about an experiment that was published in the journal Science. Right. Showing that scientists could retroactively change something that happened <coughs> in the past. They could retroactively change the outcome of something that happened in the past. How? Well, this is this goes beyond my scientific and uh, physics ability and knowledge. But basically, they say that uh, uh, particles had to decide how to behave when they hit a beam splitter. Okay. If you're if you're a physics person, you'll understand this. If you're like me and you're not, you're just pretty much reading this off of a screen. Uh, later. That same experiment, the person who conducted it, could turn a second switch on or off, and it turns out, and I'm quoting here, that what the observer decided at that point determined what the particle did in the past. That's nuts. Literally, they are saying that there could be two distinct different outcomes happening at the same exact time. And this, of course, is the multiverse theory. Where everything happened all the time. Right. No, <laughs> that's true. It is yeah. true. It's like, basically, there is a reality where Hitler succeeded in his plan, and the world is run by him. That's right. happening right now, parallel to us. Right. And another, there's also a universe where I am really attractive uh-huh. and in my underwear, in tidy whities in my underwear. That is a possibility. Right. The only difference there being universe. that you usually wear boxers. Exactly. Yeah. But what I'm saying is no, but my point was making fun of tidy whities Nobody looks good in tidy whities I was that's, knocking my own looks. No, that's, no. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio with the goatee. Right, right. Um, so here's the Einstein quote that they, they, uh, they have in this article. Yeah. Uh, it said, uh, he was speaking of an old friend who had passed on, and he said, uh, Besso has departed from this strange world a little ahead of me. That means nothing. People like us, uh, assuming people who are physics-minded and all that and smart, uh, know that the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. Ah. So it's all in our perception. It has nothing to do with anything other than what we as human beings have created, and that's this construct of time. Well, you would, th- what, you know, you could take that to as that in our corporeal forms we are limited creatures in our right. perceptions, right? And that this is just the beginning. Of, of, an, of an adventure or a, uh, an experience that will define us as creatures, not just in the corporeal form, but in the more enlightened, transferred energy form. Right. And to right. that, I can only say this. I hope that me that dies in energy form mm-hmm. still likes porn. Yeah, well, that's, I mean... Because that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, we've always had these feelings. I mean, there's a lot of theories about what happens after we die. And I, most religions are based on 
the the idea of trying to figure out where we're going once all this craziness right. is over. Exactly. I mean, do we just evaporate into nothingness? I mean, mm-hmm. the entire thought scares the bejesus out of me. But sure. you know, as it does most people, it's yeah. natural to have that kind of fear. I think universally, however. The thing that comforts all of us, the thing that allows us to go on day after day knowing that death is an inevitability, is that somehow, some way, once we have passed on from this plane of existence, that we will all be able to look down and watch naked people. Exactly. Without that, I what do we have? Why would you want to exist? It all I can't makes see, sense yeah. if we can finally get to see the right. people naked who we never got a chance to, to see. naked. That's and right. that's really, if you step back and look at the universe, look at the world, look at everyone, that's what's really important. Yeah. I mean, that's what it gets me right here thinking about it. I get chills. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't get chills thinking about stuff like that, I think you really need to investigate your view on this world and the people in it and how much you really do, in fact, appreciate really good nudity. Porn, yeah. I think that says everything right there. I'm you going listen, to church. You, yeah, I think we're going to start a new church, and that church is going to be the Church of Naked. Of Naked Energy, yes. Yeah, naked Science. Yeah, Church of Naked Science. Because That's pretty you good. Know, if you're non-religious, but you, yet you still want to like investigate things like the afterlife in a very scientific way, there's got to be room for you. And you know how to best take care of that energy within you Yeah. so that you can be assured that in the afterlife... There will be lots of naked people to look at. Exactly. We want to make sure and that different we start positions, some... not just missionary all the time. Oh no, 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 no! You want to see all different kinds of positions. The but world I... is your oyster. At that exactly. Point. Yeah. I don't need to expound on that because I think everybody is thinking the same thing at this point. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the cutting to the chase. I yeah. Think I really, really what it yeah, amounts yeah, yeah, to yeah. is that when you die, you see naked people. Simple as that. Yes. You're listening to the Commercials Free Podcast here on the Commercials TV and Ken. And the magic of iTunes Day. That's right. Now, we are uh, about to... uh, We have a segment here on the show that we're very, very proud of. We love it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, It's called Fun with Google Voice. And and, uh, Ken, what is Google Voice? Google Voice is a free service that Google gives to us. Uh, They give you a number, and you can give that number out to people without Uh actually giving away your real number. And it will route to your phones. You can choose what kind of phones it goes to. Uh, you can text to that number. You can also get voicemails. But what's great about it, too, is it will transcribe your voicemails into text. So you can read them in an email, read them in a text, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, however, the technology that converts the human voice into text leaves much to be desired. Right. And that is the premise, the basis of this segment. Exactly. So what we did, we set up our own Google Voice number, which you can call. It's 347 829 Punk. That's P U N K. Or 7865 if you are alphabetically challenged. Right. And by the way, some people have been confusing it. They think it's punked. Oh, like interesting. ED. It is singular noun, one syllable, punk. punk. Yeah. yeah. There, it, we live in a country where there are uh, four numbers in the suffix. So, right. you know, some people put six, and, and really it's just a lot of extra <laughs> Nothing button happens. pushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, this whole thing started, if you go back into our archives that are available at thecommercials.tv, yeah. you will hear the first time this happened, and that, that was that I got a voicemail from Ken, and I kind of popped it on him, and we discovered that the transcript was off. Right, and I that's think, correct. I think something 
Something, something about- like that is about to happen. You left me a message the other day. And, <clears throat> yeah. you know, before I really say anything about <clears throat> it, why don't you go ahead and play it? All right. It's a hopper and a chopper and a one, two, three. It's boys for you and me. Hey, Candace Dave. Um, it's about 1.30, almost 1.40 on uh, Wednesday. I'm actually heading out to my parents to help with some computer stuff. Um, I, uh, I'll be sort of in and out or in and away or and away from the phone uh, for a while, but give me a call back if you get a chance. Uh, I did see the um, uh, the idea you had about the uh, futuristic thing. I think it's very funny. I think it's cool. Um, and you know, my attitude about the design is, you know, you're so much more <clears throat> savvy and and stuff than anything that you can imagine. I imagine you'd be able to pull off. And you know, I don't have any uh, you know, specific ideas. So if you have ideas, just go for it. Um, and, yeah, and, uh, oh, and about my site, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate any feedback you have, um, so whatever you can offer, that'd be great, and, uh, I know you mentioned sending my headshot, which I will do, but I wanted to talk to you first, just to say thanks, because, you know, I wasn't even asking, I wasn't even assuming you, uh, physically do anything, I was just looking for, uh, feedback, but if you, you know, have anything you could show me, that would be... Uh, even better. Uh, that would be great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, just give me a call again. I'll talk to you later. So, I guess you can tell by now that uh, I'm good at cutting to the chase. Wow, you sure like to talk, yeah, don't sure you? Yeah, I sure do. Now, 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 first of all, there's a couple things I want to point out. Yeah. You can hear your adorable daughter in the background. Yeah, isn't that... I, I forgot that is about cute. That. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I didn't hear it until I processed it for, for the broadcast. I didn't notice it until I did that. <laughs> so but she's cool. very much in the background. Yeah, but, she is. Uh, also, like, you like to, to say very little... You sure say a hell of a lot. Yeah, my daughter's a little bit better at being concise. Obviously. Yeah, she kind of cuts to the chase a right. bit better, huh? Uh, but yeah, you really like to talk the talk. You know what it's like? It's it, like um, it, you, you add so much extra stuff just in, uh, for the sake of <laughs> being a nice guy, you know? And you assume... You assume as it like as if that's the first time we've ever spoken. <laughs> that's how respectful you are, or like as it you know. Well, I don't want you to get the impression that I think this, but uh, I'm going to say this so you don't think this, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and be res- as respectful as possible. Yeah. So if you go ahead and give me a call, and I think finally at the end you edited yourself down to I better hang up the goddamn phone because yeah, I've been talking much. for four minutes and I only needed to say two things. Yeah, my battery was kind of already running out at that point. I was on the cell phone. I was on hands free at least. All right. Well, I will say this. Um, I will say this. Your message gave a hell of a Google voice. Yeah. Not only was it amusing to listen to because you're (laughs) such an idiot, but the the Google voice translation is horrendously inaccurate. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, generally speaking, what happens is I've been doing the reading of the transcript and Ken has been accompanying uh, as only he can do on On the the piano. piano. Now, I'm not a piano player. But I do have my guitar here, and uh, so Dave time, is gonna. Dave is a is a uh, what they like to call in music school a campfire guitarist uh, at best. At best, yeah. So but I'm gonna try. He's gonna give his best, and I'm sure he'll do just fine. While I attempt to reach Dave's echelon of skill and do my best, announcery professionally, professionally, 
announcery voice. And so, here we go. Here's yeah. Dave's message, as you've heard before, as interpreted by Google Vache. Hey, Ken. It's Dave Costs. It's about 130. All's holes, 114 on Wednesday. I'm actually heading out to my parents. Talbot's computer stuff complete, I... I'll be sweet in harbor to get away. Or I kinda wish the phone for a while, but give me a call back if you get a chance. I think you could said you had about the features. I think that's our going to school and get my head out. The two sign. It was pleasure so much more. M section and stuff that. If you can imagine, I'm at a table, full walk, and so I don't have any specific actions. (laughs) So if you have a chance, hope it works. Hey, it's Matt. And what about my sight? (laughs) Yeah, I'd appreciate it. If you'd like to have so whatever chicken off, that'd be great. And I know you mentioned setting a headshot, which I will be, but I want to talk to you first. Just say thanks difference. And I was gonna ask you this with you. This is Julie. I'm just looking for package. You don't have any excuse, me. That would be you better. That'd be great. So yeah, yeah, just give me a question. I'll talk to you later. Bye. something man is there any word i said in my original message that actually showed i think ken and dave are the only (laughs) exactly and i mean there's so many ridiculous things like it it was pleasure so much more m section (laughs) the letter m and section and i I think i played it i pulled a sybil at some point because i said hey it's dave and then later hey it's matt and then this is julie yes (laughs) I think you might have been having multiple personality things going on. Wow, Because you said you were three different people. Uh, and one of my favorites is, uh, yeah, I'd appreciate it if you'd like to have so whatever chicken off. <laughs> <laughs> How about Talbot's computer stuff complete? <laughs> You know what? You know what? It's the holidays, folks. And if you really want to get something for a loved one, there's nothing that a person in your family will like more than Talbot's computer stuff complete. Exactly. And, and also, uh, uh, you, I like how you gave me the time in uh, just th- in three digits without a, <laughs> without a colon. Hey, Ken, it's Dave. Cause, C-O-S, 
It's about 130. 130 what, Dave? Oh, 130 uh, times I'm calling you to say stuff. But later on, it's uh, it's 114 on Wednesday. Exactly. I have no but idea not just 114 on, on Wednesday. It's all's holes. All's holes. 114 on Wednesday. A l l apostrophe s. H-O-L-E-S. All's holes? I have no idea what that means. It sounds like a, some kind of announcer person is making an announcement at a golf course. That's right. <laughs> all's holes. All's holes. 114 on Wednesday. All's holes. Great oh, stuff. Man, Great that stuff. is funny. Well, thank you, Google Voice. And if you want to play along with us, we always welcome your contributions. Please call. Yes. 347-829-PUNK. Punk. That's our voicemail number, 7865, if you don't care to look at a, an actual phone and see what those uh, exactly. letters Exactly, uh, in case you don't, you don't like yeah. the alphanumeric thing. There's something quick I wanted to talk about. Oh, real, please. Yes. I, I have a bit of a candy fetish, and I wanted to talk about... Right, David, are you familiar with Sour Patch Kids? I am familiar with Sour oh, Patch Kids. Probably my favorite candy in the entire world. I can see why. Yeah. Huge fan mm-hmm. of Sour Patch Kids. Now in stores, they have, and it's really hard to find, Sour Patch Candy Canes. That's actually kind of cool. And they are the greatest things in the world. They sound disgusting, but they are so good. It's making my mouth water. It's making mine water, too. You think they paid us to talk about this, exactly. but they didn't. Exactly. They did not, not one cent whatsoever. The, the, the funny thing is, though, is be careful with these. These will give you heartburn. Oh, Like yeah. McGillicuddy's Tavern will give you liver disease it is <laughs> they are so rough and on the same note i'm sorry yes. you look like you wanted to say no no no. go ahead it. go ahead okay i, I found a, a variety of now and later you're familiar with now and later oh right? well yeah yeah all right i would do it but it's a visual thing but i haven't i have a i have an impression of somebody eating a now and later but again it's a visual it's a visual completely. gag okay. it doesn't really work on a podcast really okay no. well i'm sure that well, maybe we could shoot a video of it and post it on the site. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. Yeah. All let's right. never do that. Yeah. Let's, um, do that. let's save it for that. our live show. Yeah. We'll save it for the live show yeah. when we go up live and do a show. Yeah. We're going to do a show live. Because we're doing a show now. No, this is not the not show, live. though. But it's, but it's not, not live. live. It's a show. I'm talking about a show that would be live in front of an audience. Oh. So, if, you know. so you've got high apple pie in the sky hopes. I do have. Show. Yeah, okay. I do. No well, rubber uh, plant here. No, no. Definitely not. Uh Okay, so a now and later usually has three flavors. Is mm-hmm. the, the, the package is divided into three. Right. All right. And I'd like to, in the order of least hilarious to most hilarious, oh, okay. read the names of the flavors in this package. All right. Okay? Right. Uh, first of all, the, 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 the first flavor is, 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 uh, is uh, 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 purple colored. And purple colored. <laughs> purple colored. <laughs> having a hard time finding a full version of the word on that label there, aren't you? It is. You know, and later rappers, if anyone's familiar with them, are kind of difficult. But uh, the first flavor is called purple wildberry. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. That's about like that. That one sounds on good. the funny list. Yeah. yeah. The next one yep. is red radberry. Oh, so they're getting cool with the kids. Right. Yeah. However, the last and final flavor Coup de gras. was somehow incredibly unappetizing. <laughs> it was green tingleberry. <laughs> now let's talk about this for a second. Oh, sure. First of all, I don't know about you, but a tingling sensation of any kind while I'm eating <laughs> is not a desirable effect. No, no, no. Uh, tingling uh, sensation is something uh, 
that you associate with topical medications. Right, right. right like a, or nerve damage. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or heart disease or yes. heart attacks. Yes, dangerous, yeah. dangerous symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Tingle is not something that should be anywhere near candy. And I'm really surprised at the folks at Now and Later for including such a weird-ass flavor name. Yeah, especially green ones who... Green like, Tingleberry. Green Tingleberry. Especially because they're so hip and are able to use words like rad, which all the kids are saying these days. Yeah, they've been... So- Dude, the last time rad, <laughs> I heard rad, was like 1982. Yeah, I was wearing an aqua t-shirt with like frayed sleeves. Exactly. It was Pacific Ocean or something. Yeah, Ocean was Pacific. It? Ocean oh. Pacific. Yeah. TNC surfboards. Oh, wow. That brings oh, back yeah, a lot yeah, of memories. Yeah. Ridiculous wow. stuff. It's well, when it's when having a dirt bike was like the awesomest thing you could oh, do. Oh, you couldn't do better than yeah. dirt bike back no, then. definitely but not. But nowadays, nowadays, you couldn't do any better than uh, our guest Joe Garden coming up. He is coming up. Talk about his new books and uh, The Onion. And we'll tell you how to win a free copy of his latest, the new Vampire's Handbook. Not just free, Dave. Signed. You are correct, and and you are listening to the Commercials Free Podcast on the Commercials.tv. Take a second. Hey, Ken, what are you chewing? Uh, you won't believe what I'm chewing. Come on! All right, I'll tell you. They're called chitlets. Chitlets? Chitlets. They're small, delicious, rainbow-colored, and strange-smelling. Sounds to me like they're a combination of chicklets and chitlins. Not really, Dave. They're an organic material, presumably from outer space. Once this material came in contact with the Earth's upper ionosphere, as it's called, it changed into another compound known as xenium. Then, once entering the Earth's atmosphere and landing on the bottom of the ocean floor, oil diggers inadvertently ingested this material, killing them all instantly. Why would I eat this, you ask, Dave? Why would you eat this at all, Ken? The government took out the poison part and left just the delicious part. I love the government. Don't you? If you don't want to hear commercials like this anymore on the Commercials Free Podcast, and you want to make your own commercial or have us make the commercial for you, just send an email to info at thecommercials.tv and we will work with you. It's as easy as typing our email address into your browser or composition email window, typing a subject, and then typing a message, and then clicking send. Sounds easy to me, Ken. It is, Dave. Ken, you know what that means. I know. It it's, means we're about to... We're going to do our podcast of podcast, podcast segment segments, yeah, here on the commercials.tv, yeah. the commercials free podcast. Uh, uh-huh. Our guest... Uh, well, the, the, first of all, the segment usually uh, involves somebody who either has a podcast, uh, is involved with a podcast, may have listened to a podcast, or not. So those are the four criteria. Exactly. That uh, it's very we use. loose criteria. Very loose criteria. And this week we are uh, thrilled to have on the features editor from The Onion, America's finest news source. And if you don't know The Onion, you really ought to. TheOnion.com, or uh, if you're lucky enough in your town, you can get a copy of it uh, of the weekly newspaper. And it's just the funniest thing. One on of the paper. funniest things. Absolutely. Uh, so with us on the phone is not only is, is he uh, a member of the the Onion team, but he's also a uh, rather successful author, and uh, 
is here to talk about his new book, his old book, and uh, all things comedy. Joe Garden. Joe, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dave and Ken. It's good to be here. And uh, hello, podcast. Actually, I have been on a podcast. Oh, know, which one was that? Which one? Uh, Onion Radio News. I've done a couple. I've done voices. If, I, I can't think of uh, specific ones, but if you go back, uh, every once in a while, uh, if you listen to the Onion Radio News, you will notice a, a slightly uh, shrill, uh, sort of fast <laughs> voice, and that would be mine. That so. would be Joe Garden. Oh, okay. Very nice. I'll look for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you only have just, a couple hundred to go through. So I know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, just a few. There can't be many of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, the, I, I was reading, because uh, I've known you for a little while, but there are certain details you may or may not know about a person, and I only learned... Uh, last night that you did a voice, speaking of doing voices, on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yes. How'd that work I, out? That was actually a really weird, uh, that was a really weird experience because uh, I, you know, we kind of knew, I mean, we know, like the people of the Onion know uh, 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 Dave Willis and Matt Miliero, uh, um, and, and so like they were doing this sort of all-star uh not all star, but they were having like a. There was going to be a bunch of guest voices, including uh, uh, I think Fred Armisen was one, Jeanine Garofalo was wow. one, uh, nice. Tim and Eric were on it, and they asked uh, you know, and they asked us you know a bunch of Onion people to do it, and so I got to play a file cabinet uh, <laughs> in the Hypnojourn episode. Um, That's awesome. So that, I, 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 it's, it's, it was a very weird experience. You go into a recording studio, and they're in Atlanta. But they could, you know, they have an ISDN line, so they could hear everything perfectly. So you're just listening to them through headphones and getting your instructions. And, you know, I had no idea what the context was or what the... <laughs> That's <laughs> I, this awesome. Was the first time I saw the script was, like, it's like when I got to the studio. So <laughs> it, was a weird, uh, it was a weird experience. But it was fun, nonetheless. I don't... Uh, I recommend uh, if, any, if you can be <laughs> if you can be on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, I recommend it. Yeah, well, obviously, if you, you know, rare start, pleasure. Start yeah. lining up tomorrow and exactly. in Times Square. I'm sure your number will come up. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you 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 are uh, a big wig at the Onion, and you guys came from Wisconsin uh, a bunch of years ago to New York. At mm-hmm. the time, were you even aware that you would become sort of like the phenomenon you guys are now, it, it being put in context with some some big-name comedy people and, and having the, the overall respect you guys have? Well, when we started, you know, when I, was, when I started The Onion, it was 1993. Uh, so that was way, I was, you know, almost uh, 17 years ago. And I Jeez. didn't, uh, I mean, at the time, it was like, for me, The Onion was a huge deal, but, you know, that was in Madison. And at the time, it existed only in Madison and Champaign, uh, Urbana, Illinois. And I never thought, you know, I didn't know it would was going to grow beyond that and I always you know for me it was just enough to be like you know part of this thing that you know meant that I part of this paper that I read every week for you know pretty much five years I was a regular you know I was a religious reader of it ever since you know since it started and uh, so it's funny because if you look there's a, we, there's a new Onion book called uh, Our Front Pages and it's basically it has the very first issue of the Onion that came out and it has a bunch of other uh, copies that have come out throughout the uh you know, it's basically about 200 pages and 200 the, like or 200 front pages since uh, 1988. And you look at it, and, and the very early ones have coupons on the bottom. <laughs> um, yeah. Like for big Jim for Jim's Pizza and stuff like that. Yeah. And at the time, I thought I, I never would have dreamed that the, the Onion would have outlasted Jim's Pizza. And um, you know, you know what's funny <laughs> is, and this is Ken talking. In case you can't tell the difference between us, I don't know. Are subtle, our voices distinct? 
I would think our voices are distinct. Um, I can, I can, I can, I can figure it out. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I've, got a, I've, got, I've got an ear for it. Good, good. Obviously, he's been um, a filing cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Never question someone that's played a filing cabinet. Um, when I I went to film school in Chicago, and it was 1996, and someone came into my dorm room and was like, "Look at this, read this," and I remember being like, "What the fuck?" is this <laughs> this is freaking hilarious and actually it hadn't come to new york at all and most people didn't know about it in new york but i brought um tons of copies home from my mom and my sisters and my friends and it was just like this is hilarious why don't why can't we get this <laughs> you know and that was so early on 96 um it was definitely being distributed in chicago but probably only because of its vicinity to Wisconsin, right? Yeah, we actually had a really weird growth plan. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny because I'm sure with most publications they haven't. You know, they have a you know a five and ten year plan, and I think we just sort of uh, you know we it was just sort of like a it's sort of like making a Lego house without having the plans. You sort of like <laughs> keep on adding on bricks, and then you realize something's not working, and you just have to knock it off and start all over again. Right. But it's a uh, you know we we started with uh, Madison and then Champagne, and Champagne shut down. So then we opened Milwaukee, and then uh, uh, Chicago, and then Boulder, and it was a really weird, like, there's a really weird way to, like, we built up in a very strange fashion. I mean, it's worked for us, but I think, you know, part of it was that we never, you know, um, we, the people that were, like, all, I mean, I, I can't speak to the business side uh, necessarily, because it wasn't uh, on the business side, really, but I don't think we really had an a idea how to make a national publication. Hmm. We didn't know hmm. how to take uh, The Onion, which we had a lot of confidence in, and how to, like, you know, how to, like, we didn't, we basically just used the same model as a, in, in every city we went to. Sort of like, you go to a city, you, it's like, we, as a free weekly, and you, uh, and sort of like, we, we stuck to a lot of college, you know, at first, like a lot of college areas, and then right. uh, we just sort of, you know, and then we just decided that New York was probably the next, uh, the next and most logical step for us to take. Because right, I imagine after a while, you, didn't... you know, we were in, you know, all the writers. Were, I mean, we we lived in, we got our start in Madison, and we were in Madison for a long time. And I think after a while, we we're just like, well, you know, it's kind of time for us to sort of be around other comedy people right. and do other, com you know, because I mean, Madison is a lot of things, but it's not really, you know, it's not really a comedy town. It's like, uh, it's uh, not necessarily so the first thing that comes to mind when you think, who are the funniest people? Where do they come from? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, have you ever, like, I doubt the onion would ever be distributed at, say, like Biblesville, West Virginia, but I would assume because of its popularity, you see yourself in those places you never thought you'd be before. Yeah, or else, you know, you, you meet people of all, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you, you have a fixed idea in your head of what an Onion reader is going to be like, and then, you know, uh, we, a lot of people, uh, you know, we, we appeal to, I mean, we, it, it, but the thing is, like, you really, it's surprising because you appeal to a lot of people, like, we, we go across a pretty broad spectrum of, you know, conservative, liberal, you know, uh, uh, religious, non-religious, and everybody is, you know, in, you know, everybody enjoys it. I mean, I'm sure some people, you know, I'm sure there's people that uh, take umbrage. I mean, a lot of times <laughs> what, sure, what happens, sure. we, get, we get like a, a letter, the, probably the, the, the stereotypical onion letter is, 
No, I usually enjoy your comedy, but when you made fun of uh, when you made fun of people who have sex with cows, that's a little too close to home. Yeah, you crossed the line. There. You crossed the line when you did right. that. Yeah, um, I'm a little disappointed in you, Onion. <laughs> <laughs> like you were supposed to offend everybody but me. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Exactly. So strange. What, at what point did you guys realize that you weren't just uh, this uh, Madison, Wisconsin publication anymore? That you guys were ha- had reached a really new level. Yeah, what what gave you the big hint, hint? Yeah. Well, I think I mean my friend Todd, I mean when Artem Century came out, that was like a big that was a big deal to all of us. But I think when Todd Hansen uh Todd Hansen has a has probably the best recollection uh and that is that he said he said he knew the onion was actually sort of a, a, a more of a national thing when it was a category on Jeopardy. Wow. And he said oh, when that happened that's that great. was yeah, he's like. But you know, it's like, ours, okay. Well, that's actually. It's that's almost too deal. late when that happens. Well, it's like you're a little behind the ball if you come up on a category in Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know. I can only imagine though that when you're in, when you're immersed in it, you probably didn't have any idea or objectivity. Yeah, no. object. Yeah, you probably just couldn't see like exactly how big you would become. I mean, I think of like a category on Jeopardy or. A question in the New York Times crossword puzzle. Those two things are like right. You have solidified yourself. Absolutely. Right. I mean, if it's if, if basically, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be like, if you're going to be a category in Jeopardy, I mean, that means somebody in Arkansas is going to be sitting around at home shouting out he- onion headlines right, on right. Yeah. Exactly. TV right. along, like trying to beat the person on television. Right. So. Wow. <laughs> over the over the years, is there one article slash headline or whatever that for you always makes you laugh still? I always like, uh, you know, uh, I have to say that the, 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 the one I like is really probably not very popular. The, like the one that I've written that I, uh, is not very popular, and that is uh, it's an editorial by uh, Danny the Squirrel. And it's, uh, I have to admit, I love the nuts. And it's an editorial about how he loves nuts. And it's just like, I wrote that, and it was just like, and I look back at it, and I'm just so, I'm still really happy with it because he, uh, uh, because the whole thing is just this really chipper. He's just like so, go go go, rah rah rah. You know what my favorite thing is nuts. Oh boy. Um, nice. But then, like uh, earlier this year, a couple months ago, I actually wrote the the sequel. It was probably about like four or five years later. Wrote the the, the sequel to that is, and that was uh, you uh, where where Danny the squirrel had fallen on some hard times. Uh, and what happened was he um, uh, he. I think the headline was something like, uh, you take one kid's eye out uh, and all of a sudden you're a killer squirrel. <laughs> um, that's, that's a great awesome. long time to wait for a big payoff. I, I know. love that. <laughs> wait, ooh, ooh, can I say my favorite uh, uh, Onion headline, even though sure. it's out of form? You know what I love? One of the things that The Onion did was Our Dumb Century, mm-hmm. which was a book about... Uh, you know, as if the onion had always existed, <laughs> yeah. which I think is freaking brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. But the headline was about the Titanic was world's largest metaphor crashes in the Atlantic Ocean. I was pissing myself for weeks. It's well, still one of my it. favorite ones. I like, uh, I also like the uh, uh, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco Mark, uh, wait, earthquake marks the least gay day in San Francisco. <laughs> Do you guys ever get worried, though, that, that you'll, you know, you mentioned that some people get offended and stuff like that. I mean, are there stuff, is there stuff you won't go near? Do you guys have rules internally or otherwise that, that you know you won't go to? Or have you done everything? We don't really have any rules. I mean, we have, like, 
we have a lot of, I mean, we probably have, we, all of us have our, our own personal moral, moral compasses that we just won't, like, we don't like to do certain things personally. But for the, I mean, for the paper, it doesn't really, you know, one person's, uh, one person's moral compass is not going to dictate what the paper does. Mm. So, you know, I mean, right. realistically speaking, if it's a funny joke, we'll, we'll run a exactly. joke on anything. Yeah. Or sometimes if imagine. it's not. Like, one story we wrote was this really, like, it was probably the most hated story we've written in recent memory. <laughs> and that was uh, uh, kidnapped child, uh, kidnapped child rescued in uh, kidnapped child ris- rescued in kidnapped child's mind. Uh, <laughs> and it was just this horribly dark, grim. Oh, like, it was just like, I mean, it was really like, realistically speaking, there was not like a, it was not like a laugh out loud, like, ah, ha, ha, this, oh, this, this sucker kid. It's more like just, the, it was, I, I would like to think of it as our version of the little matchstick girl, because he built up this fantasy, and by the end, he, uh, it tones that he's dead, and, (laughs) and it's just like, it's a horror, I mean, people were so angry with us, I mean, people, and it's like, you know, people were like, you can't ever do this again, it's like, well, why? (laughs) You know, that's, that's, you know, if you didn't, you know, it's not like we you came to the onion under uh, under false pretenses. It's like you're not reading the novelization of the world according to Jim here. Right, what you're exactly. getting is, uh, you know, you're getting some stuff that's like either satirical or just like, you know, just good dark writing. Exactly. And, you know, mostly it'll be funny, but once in a while something will sneak in there and just really uh, knock you upside the head. Uh, one more thing about the ending. Have, have, have on the flip side. Have you ever experienced anybody who accidentally thought you guys were the paper? Oh it's god, a, a lot question. of times. Uh, really? Okay. It's funny, like one time, we had a voicemail message. We we did a uh, uh, it was a, just a skybox. It wasn't even a newspaper. Uh, it wasn't even an article. And it was uh, Fredericks of Anchorage debuts crotchless long underwear. <laughs> and we got a phone call, a phone call, uh, like a voicemail message from somebody. Because uh, the picture linked, it said, uh, you know, see uh, fashions, see section C six or whatever. And there's nothing actually there's nothing there. there. There's nothing there. And uh, the guy was, he said that he called looking for fashion section C six. Oh he was like trying to like desperately track it down. Um, what what did else? He have in mind? Also, Man, right. he must have really wanted something disgusting. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, it's funny because yeah. you could have imagined. You know, I mean, Lord knows there was no shortage of places you could see crotches. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there was also uh, we, you know, we did a uh, we did a recently we did a story. Uh, uh, Neil Armstrong convinced uh, that moon land by uh, you know by conspiracy theorists that moon landing was faked. Um, <laughs> And the Bangladeshi, like two Bangladeshi papers, actually picked up that story oh, and no. ran it as real. That's and awesome. then they, they ran a retraction uh, pretty quickly. I, I would imagine, but man, I don't think if I was in that circumstance and I, and and that's what I was doing, I think that's got to be my brightest moment. I mean, I, I would figure that that's just got to be the be all end all. It's yeah. kind of a mixed feeling. I mean, it's definitely like a there's definitely a uh, sort of a, a that elevation where you're like, yeah, we got him, and then there's that feeling of, oh, God, people are stupid. <laughs> and so it's like yeah, a little yeah. up, and then you're just like, yeah. yeah, but what, you know, yes, we got them, but at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> well, outside of The Onion, you are a busy guy. You, uh, I, I know you've been on an endless number of panels, and people, you're kind of a sought-after guest at different events, but you also have uh, branched out and, and, and been involved in quite a few uh, books now at this point. Yeah. Um, First, I wanted to mention because because Ken here, uh, you'd have to say is a cat person. 
Yeah, so yeah. You have definitely. how many cats living with you right now? I have seven cats in. Holy town. Moses! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I we have three cats, and I'm like, uh, we have too many cats. But yeah, dude, I'm, wow, I'm knee deep in crap. Yeah, all Ken, the time. Ken knows no limit to the number of cats he can yeah. live with. I'm gonna which, keep coming to. Yeah, which means that the book, the devious book for cats, a parody is ideal for Ken. Um, what can someone learn from the devious book of cats, and more specifically, what can Ken learn? from the devious book of cats. Yes, please. Well, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you can actually, it's funny because the whole idea was like we were parodying the, uh, the dangerous book for boys and the daring book for girls, and so we uh, wrote the dangerous book for dogs and the devious book for cats, and that was our, you know, that was our sort of, uh, uh, the one-two the one punch we hit. But there's all kinds of like good stuff in, uh, like the cat book has a, has a, it, you know, it's a good a good section on cats and arch villains. Uh, <laughs> say if you want to, uh, if you're a cat, should you adopt an arch an arch villain? Should you actually be there? Because you know you have uh, like a moralistic debate. Yeah, well, it's more like you know the pro. It's not even moralistic. It's sort of the pros and cons. Because as a cat, you know the whole thing is that uh, cats are very sort of self centered, narcissistic uh, animal. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And so the whole idea is that you know how do you how do you use an arch villain? Is it right for you? Are you you know? <laughs> oh. And you're basically manipulating the arch villain. That's awesome. Because uh, that's what a, great, a cat would do, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, you know the the James Bond. You know the, the when they have the James Bond uh, the. the the, uh, was it Blofeld that's petting the white cat all the time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I think so. Yeah, you know that that's actually the cat that's running the whole show. In that <laughs> right, 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 right. What is it about cat people who, who, who I mean, I have dogs, so mm-hmm. I'm a dog person, and more or less, one of the big perks is that my dogs love me, and they are not ashamed to show it. So what is it about cats, for, especially for cat owners, yeah. that makes them so permissible and allowing the cat to own and run everything. <laughs> what is it? I think part of it is that they, uh, you, know, uh, there's, you know, there's the size differential. You know, if a dog tries to own everything, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to wreak uh, chaos and destruction. But if a cat <laughs> owns everything, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we actually, we have a, you know, we have a, a, a chair that my wife found online, and she was like, oh, this is a great chair. And I'm looking at it right now, and it's just like the whole, it's like a leather chair, sort of this modern, like, swoop design. And the whole, like, side of it has just been, like, clawed to hell. And it's just like, you know, that's the cat's chair now. There's no, there's no getting around <laughs> it. I don't know. It's like, I think it's like... But you know what, Joe? Honestly, I think a lot of it, too, is the independence factor of a cat. Sure. You don't need to give cat so much attention. A dog, you have to, you know, kind of walk it through everything. A cat will just go about its business and leave you alone. So why not a turtle? <laughs> because that's because extreme independence. As well. <laughs> uh, cats are what, Joe? I'm sorry. I said they are capable of, fa- of affection as well. So that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a turtle okay. would be the extreme example. Yeah, of cuddling with a turtle doesn't exactly make <laughs> yeah, you feel yeah. warm inside. Yeah. Now no, we're talking to Joe. On the shell and doesn't really have a. There's not a whole lot of a. Of, there's not a net gain there. No, exactly. not not very much. We're talking to Joe Garden. He's the features editor at the Onion and an author. Now, um, before we get into your new book, you are a co-author of a lot of these books uh, mm-hmm. with Action Five. What, what's Action Five? And they're at actionfive.com. If you care to <laughs> check them out. Well, actionfive.com. Well, I'll, I'll get into the the website in just a, in a bit. But uh, when we started doing. Uh, when we started doing the the, the dog book, uh, dangerous book for dogs, we started. You know, I basically. Well, the way it all started realistically is that we wanted to do. I wanted to do a secret parody because I was watching. You know, uh, 
morning show, uh, morning show news bits about the secret, and it was making me angrier and angrier. <laughs> the secret, for those who don't know, the secret is the, the, the this book that came out that is like the rules of attraction. You know, uh, all you have to do is think positive thoughts, and those positive thoughts will go up to heaven because you're made of energy, and it'll. It's just a bunch of. Uh, it's basically a bunch of new age twaddle mixed in with fake science, and it's just so, so. It really made me very, very upset. The idea that and people so, are made of energy is just wacky. It is wacky, <laughs> and you know, Joe, you. Were the second consecutive guest to make fun of the stupid that secret. That is true. Really? Which yeah. means it, it is uh, so stupid. Uh, actually, not consecutive, but Liz Winstead. No, not non-consecutive yes. guests. Yes, but yeah. Liz Winstead Liz has Winstead a big hates enemy the of secret. the secret. Yeah. yeah. If you get a chance to watch the secret DVD, you should because it is I've watched hilarious. It. it is so ridiculous and arbitrary. Well, especially when you look at some of the titles they have, because they have all these so so-called experts. And they have, uh, they have uh, you know, their titles, like, you know, you'd have, uh, like, Nelson Goldblatt, DDS, or something like that. But my favorite one was, like, uh, the name, and then they had, his title was Visionary. <laughs> <laughs> and you were supposed to take this man at his, at, at his face value. That is retarded. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That is so great. funny. The, uh, anyway, so we, we wanted to do that, and so we set up, uh, you know, so we just, I got everybody together, and we all sort of, like, you know, it was our first stab at something, and... We put together what, what wound up being two chapters and, you know, got it to an agent. The agent was like, well, I shopped it around. Nobody's really interested. Then we got a call about, uh, you know, the, 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 the dog book. And so I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, we've already gotten people together. Let's reconvene and start on this. And so somehow um, this, is, this is a fact I don't uh, talk about very much, but we wrote the dog book in, like, I think five weeks or something like that. Wow. I mean, it was not, uh, it was, I mean, I, I, will, I will say this, it was not like, we're, I'm still, I look back at it and I'm, I have no idea how we did it. <laughs> I, it, was just, it was a complete blur because I was still working my day job. I was just like, okay, well, time to go to, you know, time to go to the onions. I get home, okay, time to write dog book. Wow. Um, and, uh, but it was, you know, we did like three or four drafts of each chapter and so it was really, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm, I look back at it and I was like, this is actually a pretty, you know, considering the, the conditions we were under and, you know, even in general, it's a good, fun book and it's a great, you know, it's a great gift book. Um, That's great. Yeah, anyway, well, we it's just a time of year for it too, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 Now this is, uh, I guess you guys all met through The Onion, but mm -hmm. you guys are like a super team of comedy writers, uh, you know, working for The Daily Show and uh, important things with Dimitri Martin and, I mean... You guys are pretty powerful, and, and you guys are continuing to release new stuff, including, uh, that's a segue, in the, as they say in the, uh, the biz. <laughs> in the business. Including the new Vampire's Handbook, a guide to our guide for the recently turned Creature of the Night. Now, it's credited to a vampire named Miles Proctor. Who's Miles Proctor? Well, uh, Miles Proctor is a 500-year-old uh, vampire from what is now Bratislava in the Czech Republic. Uh, <laughs> he is... Uh, he was. He used to be a tailor um, named Milos Prokofijev, and he was. Uh, he was turned by his master Zlatan uh, around the time the the Turks. You know, the Turks were in the in the vicinity, and you know. So he. Uh, the the whole premise is that he that that we the authors uh, are actually slaves to the vampire Miles Proctor. Oh, he okay. made it. He compelled us to do this. Uh, he had been mm -hmm. trying to write this book for you know seventy five years or so. But uh, he never actually enslaved actual writers to do it. So we were the first people that he actually got to do it correctly. And he got you guys to do it as ghostwriters. So That's hilarious. you know he gets all he gets the full uh, credit for it too. He gets all the credit. Um, 
And he's also, it's, it's basically written for, you know, if you've ever seen, have you seen the uh, uh, interview with the vampire? Yes. I have never seen that movie, but I'm very aware of what goes on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you, even if you haven't seen it, you're like, oh yeah, the, the Lestat. Yeah. Well, the whole idea is that like, Lestat is a terrible mentor to, uh, to Lewis. Or is it the other way around? Mm. No, it's, that, was, that was correct. Um, <laughs> Lestat is just awful. He's just like a miserable... Uh, he's like, he doesn't give any advice. He doesn't help him go through the transition. And so the whole idea behind the, the New Vampire's Handbook is that we're treating it... Uh, this book is written for people that have Lestat's uh, for, ment- for uh, mentors. Oh, okay. Uh, or, or for mentors, like they were turned and then they were sort of just like... It was sort of like a one-night stand turning where they were turning into vampires and then their mentor just sort of got a lot so it gives you all like the basic uh, details like what happens to your body um in fact it's like it's interesting because like every we really like we did a lot of uh you know we when we were writing when you're writing a vampire book you are su- you're suddenly painfully aware that, of how deep vampire fandom goes it's true oh, it's and so, so you're ridiculous. just like you know what if we sort of fuck this up it's really gonna it's gonna you know, people are just going to... They'll be Nobody's going to buy it. And it's so like Star Trek it. in a lot of yeah, ways. It is. Exactly. If, if you we were a Star wrong, Trek guide and we like only watched like a handful of episodes, we would have gotten taken to, you know, we would have gotten taken out behind the woodshed. Yeah, and these people are ones that actually have their teeth filed into fangs, and those are people you don't want to mess up with. No. Absolutely. You don't want to mingle with them. Or they're the people that are, I'm a, they'll come to you like, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a psychic vampire. <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's, it's almost, in its own way, a little bit of a sickness. There is, well, I mean, there is, like, there's definitely levels of it. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> some people are really, really heavy into it. I mean, we run the, you know, we run the Miles Proctor uh, Facebook page, and there are people that sort of, like, and I mean, he, he's you know, it's a hands, it's a coworker of mine. He's from uh, you know, he's a pretty handsome like a uh, uh, Portuguese guy. With you know, we got the fangs on him and everything, and mm. he looks like he just looks really you know, looks really good. And um, looks like the happiest vampire I've ever seen. He looks damn. Happy. <laughs> he's good Does for he five, looks good for five hundred. Mm. Um, but he's uh, but we get all kinds of like cr- kind of crazy messages like it's like are you real? Because I would like to become a vampire. And things like that, and I'm just like I don't even. The thing is, like we, our our policy has just been to ignore that because, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't want to encourage it really. Yeah, because, exactly. I mean, you don't want. I mean, here's the thing: you don't want to encourage it, and you don't want to be like you know. Uh, you, you don't want to foster a, a mental illness in its <laughs> infancy. You know. Yeah, you don't want to like. You don't want to be like. Okay, well, you're clearly mistaken here because there's no such thing as vampires. Because you know you don't want them to spiral out of control or whatever. So it's <laughs> yeah, like a, there's like a no. That's a no-win situation. You can't it deny it and and make them and, and destroy their world. But right. at the same time, you don't want to say, "Of course, I'm a vampire," and have them show up. <laughs> or yeah, if somebody. If, yeah. yeah, if uh, they showed up, uh, I'm sure if they showed up at my house, it would. Well, fortunately. I was going to say I have a very secure house, but it's really not that secure. I guess. Do, you have a, do you have a cross on the door and you have <laughs> onion growing? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Garlic growing in the garden? Well, you know, it's funny. They're Joe, and maybe you've heard this. There are people that say, I've, and I've heard them talk, like really into vampires, who've been like, you know, the first vampire was Cain from Cain and Abel. <laughs> you know, where really? they're saying, like, yeah, they're finding biblical creatures uh, or biblical references to right. vampires and saying, well, Cain was, was cursed. And that was the curse to never die. 
Oh, and man. they say that Cain was the first vampire, which of course is so arbitrary and ridiculous. Yeah, right. You might as well say, like, you know, Abraham was the first alien. Right. You know? <laughs> well, they also say, you know, there's also people that say that Judas was the first vampire. Oh, um, why is that? Oh, because, well, because he was, like, you know, he, uh, that was, I mean, people, like, it's based on an interpretation of the, the biblical passage where it's like, you know, depending upon which version uh, uh, or which account you're reading, you know, he gets his 30 pieces of silver and then he goes off and he, uh, one version is he uh, hangs himself, one version is he is a, and then one version is he just sort of uh, becomes a, uh, becomes a vampire. I mean, I'm sure part of that is also just sort of like, you know, the weird, like weirdo Eastern European anti-Semitism as well, because oh. that's all like, it's yeah, all sort yeah. of, uh, that's one thing they, like a lot of the early portrayals of vampires were just there you know really sort of had a lot of heavily semitic you know features That's, and it was, i would imagine oh, yeah geez. i never thought about that yeah well but i mean you, what does someone what does someone say to themselves after they're done betraying christ <laughs> you see you know what's a logical next step in my career i think i'll become a vampire that's right yeah embrace it embrace it. i'll tell you if there's a public debate between the uh the uh, Judas people and the Cain people, sign me up. I'm buying tickets. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so for the for the less uh, experienced vampires out there, the ones who are who are just turned, what are what are a couple of uh, things they'll learn from the new vampires handbook? Okay, big thing you uh, you'll learn is that uh, well you know because your diet consists of blood, you no longer uh, you no longer need uh, regular human food. In fact, you body can no longer process regular human food. Um, your excretory system, as it, as it stands, shuts down. Like, you, you, you know, your bladder and bowel is just completely, you know, uh, worthless at this point. Oh. But when you're drinking blood, there is some waste that is generated. You know, dead blood, you know, the, the red blood cells, you know, some fluids are remaining. Mm. And what will happen is, uh, you know, the, all, this, all the waste will be filtered out uh, through the liver and... Uh, eventually, it'll be deposited through the uh, sweat ducts of your feet. So that's oh. why the the well prepared vampire should always have at least a couple pairs of tube socks on him. <laughs> that's a good tip. That is very good. I guess very it explains important. why vampires don't have flies. Yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a bunch of uh, you know. There's also like uh, we talk about the weaknesses of vampires and you know uh, getting in like how to get into invite only households. That's a big uh, <laughs> that's a big part of it. But how to talk your way in. Well, I mean, sometimes there's the talking your way in. Sometimes it's a, you know, there's actually a chart uh, that sort of uh, spells out, like, if it's a regular residence, you can't, you know, obviously you need an invitation to get in, but if mm. it's a doorman building, you can pretty much get in. <laughs> you can get what about a, a rental lobby, situation? But you can't really get in anywhere else besides that. Does it any of it involve uh, just uh, dating Diane Wiest? <laughs> If you are if you're one of the lucky vampires who is dating Diane Weiss, you pretty much can go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she opens up doors. Right. Uh, one more. What's what's one more thing that someone can learn from the new Vampires Handbook? Okay. Um, it goes about uh, you know, for example, uh, the cross totally uh, it totally doesn't turn the vampires away. The reason that came about is because it was a uh, in the 10th century a Franciscan monk uh, wielded a silver cross against a vampire, uh, and vampires do react very adversely to silver. You know, the silver brushed against the vampire, and he, you know, was burned and fled. Um, and so the Franciscan monks thought it was his, the strength of his faith and the strength of the, the symbol of the cross that was able to repel the vampire. Uh, but realistically speaking, it was just the silver. And so when the two met again ten years later, the vampire took his revenge and 
uh, basically ripped from them from limb and drank from the stump. <laughs> so, wow, I, I, I'm I no guessing idea. that the future of vampires would have been changed <coughs> dramatically had it been a rabbi. Sure, absolutely. Mm. Everybody I mean, would be putting stars of David up, thinking exactly, that that did the trick. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because everybody, you know, in, in the cultures, other cultures that have like, well, I mean, pretty much most cultures have some sort of vampire uh, legend or vampire, you know. Uh, like or else vampire movies or vampire fiction uh you know everybody and everybody has their uh ways to turn them uh the chinese or the uh, yeah the chinese hopping vampires for example uh <laughs> as you can see in the movie Mr. Vampire starring Sammo Hung fantastic movie wow um, Mr. Vampire they have like prayer scrolls that they sort of like take to their foreheads so awesome. that's a very it seems like a very difficult way to actually get uh to actually do it, but you know, I mean, when you're talking about a supernatural being, it's always going to be hard. Yeah, yeah. whatever works for you. Yeah, really. <laughs> you can't criticize somebody for wanting to uh, avoid, avoid uh, death by vampire, right? Or right. not death. Oh, good point. Yeah. Wow, Joe Garden, co-author of the New Vampires Handbook. Now you've been very nice in giving us a signed copy, which we will then give away to a lucky person coming up. Uh, but where else can someone get the new Vampire's Handbook? It's available pretty much everywhere. Um, you can find it in, uh, you know, it's in, it's in bookstores. If you live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, there's a there's a bunch of signed copies, and those are the last of the fully signed copies in existence right now because um, you know one of our authors is in Wisconsin, one of our illustrators is from Portland, and this is the only time we were all together to sign. So, like, everybody who worked on the book, uh, all the, photo- like the, the photographers, the illustrators, and all five authors were there. Uh, and so, you know, if you're there uh, in Park Slope, uh, give it a shot. Otherwise, you can find it in most bookstores. Amazon has it. Um, and, uh, yeah. Just, or else you can just hit me up on Facebook if, if you're having awesome. a hard time finding it. Joe awesome. Garden, easy enough to find. And you can also check out the new vampireshandbook.com, also actionvive.com. Joe, thanks very much. Good luck with the book. And... Keep the good work going with The Onion. We'll uh, keep on reading. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Hey, thanks very much, Joe Garden. And uh, for appearing on the show, Joe will be receiving a gift pack of macaroons from MostlyMacaroons.com. Mostly Macaroons is here somewhere. I lost my my thing. You think you'd have it memorized by now. You'd think I would, but (laughs) I don't. Every week he does this. Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, he, he does it every week. I could make it up, time. but okay. No, I found it. Here it is. Oh, good. Uh, you, you'll be getting a gift pack of mostly uh, macaroons for mostly macaroons. This is so professional. Isn't I'm so it? good at this. Mostly macaroons creates delicious homemade baked treats for gift baskets, party favors, special events, or your own personal enjoyment. Check them out at www.mostlymacaroons.com. Now, when we come back, we're going to be telling you how to get yourself the signed copy, rare as it is. Of the new Vampire's Handbook. That's right. You're listening to the commercials. Free podcast. Ken. Stick around. Hey, Ken. Wow, you're looking kind of down. I am down, Dave. Down in the dumps. Why? All the stuff we do here in the podcast. Everything that pays for it comes out of our own pockets. I wish there was some goddamn way someone else could pay for it so I don't have to eat freaking chitlets all day. Back here on the Commercials Freight Podcast. Freight. The Commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. 
Boy, oh boy, Joe Garden, the man. The best guest ever. Oh, the Sorry. gauntlet no, 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 has no, been no, no, thrown no, no, down. No, no, no. Oh, one of the best guests ever. One of the well, that certainly changes things. Yeah, that doesn't piss everyone else off. Exactly, Ken. We want to make sure everybody knows that we appreciate all of our guests. I love you, Brian McDonald, Lauren Koch, Liz Winstead, uh, Sean Ruggled, and uh, Sean Ringgold, and Kevin Allison. Did I say Ruggled? Yeah, but it made sense. I'll tell you why later. Okay, not on the show. All right, this this non not for air, as they used to no, say no. in college. NFA. NFA. A. Now, we did say that we will be giving away a free copy of the uh, new Vampire's Handbook. We're going to tell you how to do this. Uh, yes. Uh, we decided that, uh, you know, we want to make it fair for everybody. So, uh, the new Vampire's Handbook, written by, among others, Joe Garden and the rest mm-hmm. of the Action 5 team, a guide for the recently turned Creature of the Night. Now, this is not just your run-of-the-mill copy of the new Vampire's Handbook. Ken. No. This one is signed by... It is singeded. Singeded by everybody who uh, was involved in the book, and it's, uh, it's oh, a really? rarity. Yeah, that's what he said. signed by him. That's awesome. Yeah, Ken seems to sometimes skim things. I do. I Ken sk- is a skimmer. I skim the pre-show dossier, as it were. That is correct. And right. so what we're going to do, here's how you can enter to win a copy of the new Vampire's Handbook. Now... We have an email address, Ken. It is the commercial. No, no. That would be the beginning of our website address. That Once is, again, I skimmed the dossier. Yes, you skimmed it the is dossier. info at symbol thecommercials.tv. Yes. That is the official email address for entering. Now, all you have to do to be eligible to win the copy of the new Vampire's Handbook is to send an email. Send an email with to us with... Thanks for saying with, because I wouldn't have done that, Dave. I was handing it to you. Nice. That is that is in the a business, handoff. A handoff. In the yes. business, it's known as the handoff. That is the handoff. Send us an email with the title of our previous webcasts or podcasts in chronological order. And we, we'd also wouldn't mind if you included this one. So which is it, Ken? Wait, the previous are all 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 of all them. In, them. Let's be let's be fair. All of them, including the one you're hearing right now. Good. Okay, so that's the official rule. You have right. to write down in the email or type out in the email. Yeah. Every episode's title. They all right. have a title, and we won't say exactly where you can find them, but you can find them. Right. They're readily I, available. I would think that if you don't include the title of the one you're listening to, that gives you the instructions for how to do it. You don't deserve the book. Well, that is true. So Ken is going to be very, very strict about this. If you are not going to include this episode and the title of it, which we're not going to say right now, you have to actually do the research and find out, you're not going to win nothing. You're not going to win a damn thing. No. And now all you have to do is take that email that you have already pre-addressed to info at thecommercials.tv with your name and the titles of the episodes of the Commercials Free Podcast to this date inclusive. Yes. Hit send prior to 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday night and the official date of Wednesday just to be clear and concise and make sure that you know when we're talking about. It has to be received at our inbox by 11:59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time by Wednesday December 16th, 2009. That's right. If you get it in, we will select, we will do a random picking. That's right. As it's called in the business. At random. At random. We will pick 
out of the people who are correct, we will give it away. That's correct. And we will announce the winner next week during a very special episode of right, the Commercials that's something we Free to Podcast. The, the next episode will be our super Christmas special, the Commercials Free Podcast super Christmas show. Super Christmas show. It's Christmassy. It's holidays. It's getting up there. Yeah, it's going to be our official uh, uh, statement about the holidays and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. And It'll be a, a fantastic high and... Uh, Dave not being a person that abuses any substances. Or, Dave, no, no. it'll be the closest thing to a high you get without drugs. Next to actual drugs. Next to the drugs themselves. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure uh, there are <coughs> legally prescribed drugs that will provide a similar but not as good high right. as the one you're talking about. Exactly. As provided by our Christmas show coming next week. Yeah, we pulled that off. See, we talked about <laughs> doing that bit before, you know, during the commercial. And we're like, let's see if we can recreate those conditions. Yeah. And, pretend, and we did that pretty well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of us. I'm proud of us. You know, sometimes stuff happens between uh, yeah, segments see, on this see, show this that you deal, hear. everyone. This is the deal. We're not always on the air, believe no, it or not. No, we do I not exist. I know to you yeah. that we are constantly on the air and always doing a podcast. But believe it or not, out of the seven days that we live, mm-hmm. there are hours beside the one or so we do the show where we're not actually podcasting. That is true. and We want to dispel the myth that we are constantly doing it. That That is a myth that is hurtful. Yes, it That hurts. is wrong. We sleep and eat. We live. We live. We have existences, not in some alternative reality right. like some people might think, right. but and we have this one. Exactly. And also we won't, we, 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 we will, you know, you keep hitting the damn part of your pop screen. I'm sorry. We've got to do something about that. Yeah, we do. Because the customers, you know, the, you know who comes first, Dave? The customer always comes the first. The customers. In our case. Who are the customers? Our listeners. Our listeners. And, I'm and they don't want our... to hear you bumping yes. the cradle of your pop screen. That is true. I'm, and, I'm... and by the way, everyone, in the biz, quote unquote, the pop screen is this little device that keeps your P's and T's. and Which brings me to something else, Dave. Yes, okay. And this will lead us into our next segment, which is known as Ask the Experts. That is correct. Should we just transition now? or No, let's transition the hell out of it. All right, here we go. Time for Ask the Experts here on the Commercials Free Podcast. Free! Why don't you give me a question, baby? I hope you the answer to Why don't you give me what I want? Ask me a question. All right, Ken. Our first question. Our first question comes from Luis Demino from Suffolk, Long Island. Oh, just yeah. the county. She didn't specify a town? It's really weird, I know. I know. Well, she doesn't want us driving out there. Probably. It's not too far away. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, Luis. Luis asks, Dave, what is the deal with your popping every other syllable in your intros and stuff like that. I pop every other symbol. Let uh, me, uh, I think syllable? I know what she's talking about. Let me clarify All right, on this. Let's hear it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, sometimes people point stuff out to you and you're like. You, you do it naturally so you're not aware of it. Yeah, that. so you have to right. think like, okay, can you prov- at least provide me a. With an exemplar? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this is an exemplar exemplar of an example. Okay. Uh, if anybody listens to the, the, the front of the show as it's called in the business the, the open front 
or the open. We call it Act One. Mm. Yes, we call we do call it Act One, yes. which is weird because usually acts signify some kind of structure, and, and we, we have none. We have none. That is true. We are firing into the darkness. That is true. But if anyone listens to the front of the show, uh, Dave announces himself as Dave P. Koenig. Right. He emphasizes like the middle syllable. So instead of the commercials.tv, Dave says the commercials.tv. <laughs> and he says the commercials free podcast. <laughs> Dave, what the hell is up with that? I think this woman's got a point. I love Louise for bringing that up. Well, Louise, I uh, I appreciate the question and it's uh, it is something that I guess I do subliminally, but it's not unintentional. In the world of broadcasting, you want to make sure that you are creating a memorable experience for the person listening to your show. The customers. The customers, in our case. And the customer is always right. And what is even better is when the customer is always right and always remembers to tune in. Also the combustor. I think the combustor, if you're going to combine the two concepts, the most important (laughs) thing with a combustor is that you... Give them such a memorable experience that they come back time and time again. And how That's do you right. do that? You you make yourself unique. And you find a little hook, a little something to grab them with. And you do that by do emphasizing. That. He likes to emphasize between 50 and 75% through his sentence or, you know. So, for instance, if you were going to sing, uh, you know. Uh, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Oh, well. It just uh, That's just the front part. Okay. Um, and if we can, if we, can we get away with this? Uh, yeah. Say it. Say We're it. Don't, it. St- don't sing it. it. All right. Say it, it would be, and she's buying a stairway <laughs> to heaven. Or, for example, if you want to do Creedence Clearwater Revival, yes, yes. Is, uh, you could say, there's a bad moon on the rise. <laughs> that would be the Dave Koenig way of That would be it. the Dave Koenig way. So it's like when I, when I asked my wife to marry me, it, I said, would you marry me? <laughs> or will you marry me? And she'd Actually, be like, you do me better than I do me. I know. What's yeah. up with that? Because yeah. it's all subliminal. It is. When you think about it's, it, you can't do it anymore. It's, all, it's a subconscious well, I, need to want to have as much attention drawn towards me as possible. Well, you know, you know about two years ago, there was a very sad thing that I read. Mm. That the original designer of the original Starship Enterprise, mm. I mean, the guy that designed the ship... Not, not like Gene Roddenberry, but not the guy Gene Roddenberry. Who worked on the show. But Gene Roddenberry worked very closely with him, of course, because he was, of course, the yeah, show creator. Yeah, of course, but you're talking about somebody else. Right. I forget the gentleman's name. You can look him up. Uh, he's kind of in the Hall of Fame of creationism. Uh, creationism? Yeah, I think that would be a different Let's concept. Let's try creativity, Ken. Yeah, he's cre- not a Christian. No, um, no. He doesn't. He, people he believed that work in for dinosaurs. Star Trek usually don't aren't Christians. Yeah, no, because yeah. I don't think they really... No, Christians you know, don't like outer space too much. I've yeah, the, the idea of a half Vulcan would probably fly in the face off. of most yeah. creationism. Well, 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 <laughs> well he designed the, that look. And uh-huh. Gene Roddenberry said to him, he says, look, I don't care what you do. Knock yourself out. Do all these things. I don't care what you do as long as it's instantly recognizable. Very good. And there you go. There, that's Dave, that piggybacks what you're saying is... When someone hears, you know, someone say, hey, I'm going to the store <laughs> to pick up some milk. They say, now that is a follower of Dave Koenig. Or somebody who's been whacked on the head with a shovel. 
Right. It has some kind of neurological disorder. Right, right. Okay, time for our next question here. Ask the experts. Ask the experts. Ask them. Yes, because they know English so well. And customers. Yeah, customers who ask questions. We want to give them their proper toastations, and you can too, by sending us an email to info at thecommercials.tv or call us and leave it as a voicemail, 347-829-PUNK! Punked! P-U-N-K or 7865. That's right. Is the number to call. And uh, this one is uh, delivered to us by uh, Dennis Shank from... <laughs> Why? Where are they from, Dave? Dennis Shank <laughs> from White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Oh, and thank Dennis you. writes in, Okay. Ken, my girlfriend and I have a special language that we share, but we don't want to let anyone else know because we're afraid that we'll be embarrassed. How do you feel about baby talk among couples? Well, that's a good question. I myself, it's a bit of a faux pas, and I could see why they don't want to admit it to some people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, uh, baby talk between two couples can become seriously out of control if it doesn't remain in check. Mm. However, in my personal life, I have allowed it to fester and run (laughs) rampant. More than anybody should in a, being a human being that needs to adhere to certain psychological uh, milestones in order to be a healthy individual. Yeah. I have let it run rampant. Yeah, I've, I've heard so, this myself. Yeah, I am an expert at the baby intercouple baby talk. Now you, yeah, you actually have gone beyond the idea of maybe calling each other uh, cute names or baby talk, you know, babbling kind of stuff. Right. You actually have... A separate language that it you is. use in your relationship I Shippy. Yeah. In relationshipy. Yes. <laughs> well, can, uh, can, you know, th- th- this is not limited to uh, uh, two people. This is something that extends beyond two people and right. has invaded several relationships. Exactly. Yes. Um, and actually, anybody new that I date, I give them a book to read. Yeah, you kind of have say, to do a primer. Is, you yeah. have to do a primer. It's like the new Vampire's Handbook, only for dating Ken. <laughs> Actually, there's virtually no difference in the text. That's true. But, you do drink um, their blood. Certain organs will atrophy, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, uh, and nobody goes to the bathroom. Nobody goes to the bathroom. <laughs> not while I'm around. Not uh-huh. while I'm in charge. That's right. Uh, for example, one of the one of the things you can really uh, just is something you could go by that's easy to remember is anytime you've got a word in baby talk that begins with a vowel, you simply add an N. <laughs> so. Uh, like for instance, uh, Dave, our podcast is available everywhere. Would translate, Dave, our podcast is available <laughs> everywhere. There you go. Easy. That's an easy rule. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just Another add the good end. Just to, add an end yes. to to a word that starts with a vowel. Uh, for instance, I want to go to outer space. I want to go. <laughs> An outer space. <laughs> and not only have you convinced yourself to do this, but others, other others have, have followed you. Me. Women say these words, and you know, willingly, what? and 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 be disgusted if you will, because I brought up to people, and they're like, "Oh, I hate that." But if you get involved with someone, and it is, and that you start doing it, it is so incredibly addictive. By the, you know, it's like the first time you shoot heroin. The first time, not that I would know, I've read. Yeah. The first time you shoot heroin, it's supposedly a horrendous experience. You vomit, 
you it's a horrible experience sounds great <laughs> <laughs> yeah pick up some today yeah sure but um what happens is it becomes the thing you love to hate and then you just begin to love it so uh another example is you take you have words that don't exist and aren't normal parts of speech right but you replace them with this word you made and this kind of all Multifold word I have is goad. Goad. G O D E. It's now, spelled. what part of speech would goad be? <laughs> Funny you should ask. Dave. <laughs> it is a. It is a pretty much very loosely based part of speech. It has no real part of speech. I'll use it in some sentences. Okay, go ahead. Okay. This would be the easiest way for us to learn. Right. Uh, instead of saying, "Hey, Dave, what are you doing?" I'd say, "Hey, Dave, what are you goading?" <laughs> or, "What do you goad?" Which or, means what? How do you go? Oh, how do you... Which means how are you doing? What are you doing? You but know, it's not necessarily limited to replacing the word doing or any, no, any no. variation thereof. Like, for instance, if you say, uh, Ken, why are you so wacky? I would say, go ahead and ask me, Dave. Oh, Ken, why are you so wacky? Dave, it's just what I go. <laughs> it that's is the, literally that's a the state verb of being. To do, though. Now, is it can it be used for other verbs, nouns, otherwise? Yeah, because you say, well, that's just how I am. But no, that's just what I go. Ah, so that's all it is. So it can be do and the the word the verb to do or to be. Exactly. That's two examples. Exactly. What's the strangest example of that? The use of the word goad. Well, the thing is, when you're in a relationship with someone, uh, it develops, and you get tired of the same old, same old. So. Um, you, you, they mutate and they evolve, and it becomes it grows into its whole other uh, dimensional thing. Mm, and, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, uh, um, you know, you say as a compliment and said, "You sure are a great guy." You say, "You know, Dave, you sure are a goader. <laughs> You're one hexes of a goader." <laughs> now this this is what brings me. To another point of baby talk, yeah, well, yeah, is you really can. This is the thing you can be the most prolific with: is adding an ses <laughs> to the end of pretty much any word. So I can say, "Hey, Dave, I noticed your uh, your car broke down the other day. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to hear that." Yeah, yeah. What the direct translation into baby talk, which will include everything we've talked about. Your version of baby talk. My version of baby talk yeah. is. Dave, I noticed that your car broke down, Ziz. I'm sorry to hear Ziz that. So, Ziz, instead of okay, okay, Ziz. For instance, if I was to do a weather report and say, it's going to be very cl- cloudy with a might chance be very of shower. Cloudy, yeah. very blue. You might want to grab a sweater. Or a customer. Um, uh, it's going to be very, very, very variably crowded. Now that's not baby talk. That's not. That's no. that dirty talk. That's dirty. Dirty. It's going to be variably cloudy. Maybe you should choose partly sunny. Fine. <laughs> it's going to be partly sunny with a chance of rain in the afternoon. Okay. It's going to be <laughs> partly sunny with a chance of showers in the afternoon. <laughs> that's what the weather's going to go. Now, go. as I understand it, you have recorded an entire album. Of traditional songs. 
in your baby talk. In the baby talk, that's true. And like you, for you, example, for yeah, uh, for example, uh, piano man. Yeah, uh, I've re-recorded this song in my own fashion. Right, uh, and it goes something like this. Um, Sings us a song, you're the piano's man's. Sings us a song's as tonight's is. Well, we're all in the moods as far as the melodies. And you've got us goading all rights. That would be a perfect baby talk translation. That, now, one of my favorite selections off of your CD mm-hmm. is, is your heartfelt take on America the Beautiful. Exactly. So would you like would you mind playing that for us? Absolutely. I will do that right okay. now. It this goes. is Ken Pond in Baby Talk singing America the Beautiful. Oh, beautifuls for spacious skies of namber waves of gain. <laughs> Fours, purples, mountains, majesties, oves, boves, the fruitsteads, plains, America, America, God gives his goading to use. And that would be that. What I love about it is that in baby talk, America the Beautiful is becomes the, a different song. <laughs> America the Beautiful. Now, now I'm using more advanced baby talk techniques. Oh, you, which yeah. really takes years of study. Right. But um, America's America the Beautiful. In other words, you, you're you're slurring consonants and stuff like that, yeah. but in a very specialized way. Yeah, you, only, you have to be doing that for you. You actually be, pretty much have to date Ken for several years to really become an expert. Let's put it this way: if you date me for more than two years, which I highly recommend, <laughs> or just give me sex on a regular basis. Yeah, just I hop on a Greyhound you, bus. Yeah, just get on a yeah. Greyhound bus. Uh, people who have tuned in previously will catch that reference. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> it's a shameless self-promotion. Oh, uh, God. Who, who dates me from, for two years or so, I guarantee you will be an expert in the toxism of the baby. At which time Ken will dump you. It, 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 possibly. Yeah, possibly. Most possibly. All right, Ken, we have time for one more. What? One more question here. One Ask more the experts on the if you want to. Give us a question. Three four seven eight two nine. Punk. Or 347-829-7865 or the info at thecommercials.tv. Ken, our last question of the day. Of the day. All right. um, This question comes from Jacob Hardenska. That's kind of a weird last (laughs) name. Jacob Hardenska. That's a unique one. From Camden, Maine. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually a place on a map. Yeah. Uh, my father spent some time there as a young boy. In Camden, Maine. Uh, yeah. So Doing, he says. He so grew he up says, everywhere. Yeah. He's like, son, did I tell you about when I was born in Massachusetts? I'm like, I thought you were born in Connecticut. He's like, well, I was born there too, but that's a yeah, different story. Well, New England. You and there's another, there's, another story where he, <laughs> there's another story where he's like, did I ever tell you about the time I was born in Michigan? And it's like, <laughs> after a while, it's like, all right, so you were born in all 50 states simultaneously. What's the story? Skip where you were born because it's a lie. Right, right. Right. Because, you, know, you know, when you are born, 
it's just an incidental part of a larger story. <laughs> it may or may not have happened in a place that you may or may not have mentioned. Did you ever tell you about that time I was born? Not that other time, that time. So, okay, so our friend from uh, Camden, Camden, Maine. He writes, Dave, how do you put up with such a incompetent co-host? You seem to be the one that's organized. You seem to be the one that keeps things on track. How do you deal with such incompetence? Well, Jake. Signed, Jake. Or Jacob, for full. Jake or Jacob, Camden, Maine. Uh, I got to tell you, on air... On the show, Ken may seem like a flighty, uh, goofy, <laughs> silly, uh, disorganized skimmer who doesn't quite pay attention to a lot of things. And I have to tell you that off air, Ken is many of those things, but not all. For instance, I will say this. What? You send an email to Ken, and he will skim that email. The hell out of it. He will skim until you, within an inch of its life. <laughs> so if you write Ken an email that says, uh, I hit the thing. There again. you go. Sorry. If you write an email to Ken that says, Ken, comma, you are on fire. I highly recommend dousing yourself with water drop and rolling and getting to a hospital Ken will write back and say if the hospital is on fire call the fire department <laughs> that is really good actually yeah because you, I'm sorry you were about no to no, no 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 I was agreeing oh uh, I'll, I will tell you an actual example where my my uh, chronic skimming of emails has led to a pretty bad on doing. Yeah, okay. Is uh my mom emailed me telling me about the untimely death of my uncle. Oh. And I got the email and whatever. And a couple days later she called me and she's like, "Where are you?" I was living in Chicago, by the way. Oh, okay. So, "Where are you? Why is you here?" By the way, that's a really good impression of my sounds, mom. I was like, "Whoa, did she Yeah, hear? yeah, no. Her, when she's concerned and naggy, mm-hmm. it's Wah! Yeah. We'll just put words in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, I'll put my jacket on. Yeah, I know exactly, it's cold. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'll eat my peas. Um, she I, says, I was actually, I thought she was right there. Yeah, and It was yeah, like yeah, some yeah. alternate reality. Had it, it's magical, actually. With she was ours. like, where are you? We're waiting for you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, can you get my email? I'm like, uh, yeah, what, what was it about Uncle Andy? He's dead. <laughs> What? I didn't get that. I thought, I thought it was his birthday or some stupid crap. Because you know, my mom, (laughs) blowing it off like, (laughs) yeah, death. Yeah, but I mean, according to you know certain people, it's he's still here. Death is just the beginning. Yeah, Um, he's powering your mic. Well, as always, Um, he always was, even when he was alive. Dave, actually, Uh, and that's a euphemism. Yeah, Um, you know, it's funny because. she would always nag me about the dumbest things, mm-hmm. you know. So it it kind of was like I would always skim even when she was talking, right? You know, because right. she'd be like, "It's your uncle's birthday. He's turning forty nine today. 
you gotta write him a card. Did you write him a card? It's like, Mom, I've spoken to the guy three times in my life. I am not writing him a birthday card. <laughs> you know, so I would just learn to yes or like, yeah, Mom. Yeah, it's oh, fine. Okay. It's sure, good. Sure, it's sure. fine. Yeah, I'll do it. Checking the hall, cleaning my room. All right, I did mm-hmm. it. It was done. Right. You know, I would just yes or to death. Right, sure. So everything blends together. So I think that's where I got my skimming. Every communique I get reminds me of my mother nagging. So I just skim it. I think that's what it is. So it's like thanks to thanks to your mom's yes. nagging. Everyone must suffer. Yes. Right? You 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 miss important moments that are uh now what I wanna know is I yeah. mean I, Go ahead. I, Ask all. I assume that, that the passing of your uncle mm-hmm. or passing in quotes as we've discovered. <laughs> sorry, that's just <laughs> awful. That's terrible, man. Trivializing everything no, at this point. No, it's okay. He's dead. What does he care? Because he can hear us. Oh, that's right. That's right. He lives on. That's right. Shh. Uh, you you receive that information in, in the email mm-hmm. and not a phone call. Is that is that is that like a regular thing in? Uh, well, Dave, now that you've deconstructed <laughs> my fourth wall, and I am forced to explain myself, <laughs> for God's sakes. Are, First of all, I haven't had an uncle die, and well, no, no, I had an uncle die, but of course I was not informed by email. And my mother, my mother barely knows how to use a cordless phone, let alone a god write a goddamn email. No, she didn't. Ignore the man behind yeah, the exactly. curtain. There's no movie magic here. Serious. I really appreciate. I really appreciate that. I balloon boyed you. You totally ballooned boy me. Are you fishing for your own reality show? Is that what you're doing? (laughs) We did it for the show. We did it for the show. (laughs) Shut up. Shut up. We're on Larry King Live, for God's sakes. Um... Yeah, thanks a lot. But but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it, it it is representative of me and my mother's relationship. I believe that. Now, what I have to conclude with, and mm-hmm. that was just a perfect example, that while you may be a skimmer, mm-hmm. uh, you may be a little bit, you know, kind of flighty a little bit. Yeah. Jacob, I got to tell you, at his heart, Ken is very, very... Believable, so what he says, I take to heart. Right, he gets caught up in it. Whether it's him saying he had an uncle who died and he found out via email or didn't find out because he skimmed, <laughs> or that they have sour patch candy canes. <laughs> Wait a minute, no, I believe him. I don't know the difference anymore. No, the sour patch kid candy canes are real for God's sake. Yeah, just the fact as that he- if. You see the package right here. Yeah, I see the package, Ken. <laughs> Shut up. He's playing dumb. Don't believe him. God damn it. They're available at Rite Aid and other fine pharmaceutical stores. So when Ken tells you he's coming to visit Jacob in Camden, Maine, you can be assured that he's really going to visit <laughs> someone named John in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, <laughs> because he even skims his own life. That's right. But he's trustworthy. You think he's being honest because it, you know he doesn't know any better. Well, it's blah, blah, blah. I was born blah, 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 blah. I'm about 33. 
Yes. And you know, you you can't go. You, you know, we're we're doing a show. We're doing a show right here. This is a show. It's that it, we put on for for our customers. Yes, our customers we, listen to our shows. We they give do. them proper toastations. We give them toastations as well as what's most important, entertainments. Exactly. Okay, and in order to do that, you have to kind of exaggerate yourself. Yeah, sometimes you have to fabricate things. If you wrote me an email at info at the commercials.tv, yes. and you had something very serious that you wanted to share with me, I promise you I wouldn't skim it. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. That is unless, sworn, unless... You're nagging me. Oh, okay. So don't nag if you are going to call. You can, you know what? You can email me. You can nag me in an email. But most likely, I will only get the first few letters of the sentence like, yeah. and the last few words. So something about... If somewhere in the first sentence, it says something you were supposed to. Exactly. You turn right off. I go, yeah. So that's and, an advisement Or why you. haven't you? Ah, uh, very good. Or for the love of God, it's been four weeks. Where's my... Something about a transfusion. Yeah, you right, know. right. So... Right. You hmm. didn't show up when I said I was uh, stranded in the desert. Right. On that island... In the middle of the Pacific, the desert island in the middle of there can wow. be desert islands in the middle of the Pacific. No, you're right. There can be. I'm not a three-hour tour. You know, a desert island is a non-vegetated island. I would assume. You know, I'm so not, it would just I'm not, be a lot of beach, right? That sounds kind of lovely. At this yeah, point. actually, yeah, I like the is. sound of that. Good for the holidays. Speaking of the holidays, next week is our big Christmas spectacular. Tune in. Please do tune in, and that's about all the time we have, not just for Ask the Experts, for, but for but for the commercials free podcast for another week. <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, you're doing well. I'm we want to thank been drinking. Uh, yeah, right. We want to thank uh, Joe Garden, and uh, of course, thank you to Ken W. Pond and Dave D. Koenig. <laughs> we will be back next week. We hope you will join us, and please continue to check us out at thecommercials.tv, and don't forget to subscribe via iTunes, because we love you. We do? Yeah. See you next weekend. Take us out! <laughs>